You, you don't care. He, he said in Philippians 4, 6, didn't he? In everything, make your request known to God. You're supposed to ask God. You're supposed to go down to the start and say, Lord, I need a little help right now. Lord, this doesn't feel good. God is pushing against me. God is getting cloudy, and I don't know what to think. And the sky's growing black. Would you help me, Lord? Would you come, Lord? But don't assume he doesn't care. Don't, don't assume that. See, because I believe, you don't have to take this view if you don't want to, I believe that Jesus put him in the storm not to test him, but to teach him. Yeah. I can explain. See, Jesus wasn't going to be with them forever. We, we don't have Jesus in physical form. We, we have the Spirit of God inside of us as believers, but we don't have Jesus in our boat. What a cool picture. Just like Jesus was in the stern, the Spirit is inside of you. But, but we don't have Jesus anymore in, in physical form in our boat. And so I think Jesus, when he, when he stood up and he said, quiet, be still, and the wind and the waves died down. You know what I think he was doing? I think he was using the wind and the waves like a whiteboard to draw a lesson plan for the disciples. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Because the real waves that take you down in your life are not the ones out there. They're the ones in here. And see, you think it's the circumstance that's making you anxious. It's not. You think it's the other person's reaction. It's, it's, how do I know this? James chapter 1, verse 6. James chapter 1, verse 6. He says, when you ask God, you must believe and not doubt. Now, watch what doubt does. Watch what doubt does. Because the one who doubts is like a, you see it? Like a wave of the sea. Blown and tossed by the wind. That's why God lets me experience winds and waves in my life. So he can teach me to calm the wind and the waves within. See, the real waves are within. And you'll never have peace until you learn how to speak peace to the waves within. So Jesus said, watch this. He said, be still. And the waves shut up. And he said, now it's your turn. What I just did to the sea, I want you to do to your anxious heart. And the next time the winds of what ifs start blowing and the winds of imaginary scenarios and negative emotions start blowing, I want you to get up and wake up your faith from the stern of the ship and get out and hold up your hand and say, quiet and be still. The waves within. Come on, I'm preaching about the waves within. Son, if you learn how to calm the waves within, you can ride the waves without. Woo! I found out that if you learn how to calm the waves within, it's about the atmosphere of your heart. Everyone's standing. No one leaving. We're going to go deeper into this teaching next week. How many of you are coming back or will at least lie? The waves within. The waves within. You think the problem is that God won't calm the waves without. The real problem is you haven't learned to calm the waves within. And we're going to learn how to be peace speakers to our own souls. So it was random 
when, when the order of this stuff, because Jesus, Mark chapter 4, he's talking about the sower and the soils, and then we go straight into the storm, and I couldn't figure out why Mark edited those two together. But I realized that both are about atmosphere. Every heart has an atmosphere. I, w- I wonder today, what is the atmosphere of your heart? Can I tell you that nothing good develops in an atmosphere of anxiety? Nothing. And Jesus said, whether you're thinking about a farmer and a soil, that's the atmosphere of the earth, or a storm in the sky, you've got to learn how to take command of the atmosphere of your heart. Because what's happening. You're creating an atmosphere of anxiety all around you because there's an atmosphere of anxiety within you. You're taking it out from people, and you're frustrated with people, and you're short with people, and you're withdrawn from people, and you're blaming people. But you've got to get up and wake up your faith, Peter. Jesus said, you see what I did? Now you do it. Speak. Speak. Awaken your brave within. So here's what I do. You want to know what I do? You want to know what I do? Take this When the waves start in my life, first thing I do, I breathe. Physically. And you're like, yes, the breath of God. No, no, just physically breathe. Do it now. You feel it? Really, really. They suggested that the reason the Hebrew name of God is Yahweh is because the very name sounds like a breath. Yahweh. So that when you breathe, every breath is a prayer reminding you that he's inside of you, sustaining you. Here comes the waves, but I know that. Breathe. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I breathe in His grace, and then I can breathe out. Breathe. Breathe, oh, Breathe. Breathe. And then I, I remember. Yeah? I remember that He told me we're going to the other side. I remember that like, He started this. I tell God all the time that. You started this. And so I remember, oh, like David did when he was standing before Goliath. Wait a minute. Just like the lion and the bear, God's about to take this joker down to breathe. And I remember, trigger something in your mind that reminds you of the faithfulness of God. Watch the waves die down. And then I, um, I ask. He said, make your request known to God. Lord, Will you help me here? I'm up on a choppy sea. I just got a report about my mother's health. Lord, they just did that thing again that you know sends me up in that direction. Help, Lord. You don't have to say a lot sometimes. Just help, Lord. He hear you. With Thanksgiving, though. Thank you, Lord. Now help, please. Thank you, please. Thank you, please. Get in that rhythm of Asking, asking, it'll be given to you. Seek, and if I knock and the door will be open, I ask. And I visualize. Because the storms can wreck your visibility, can't they? It can cause you to lose sight of everything God's put around you, and you can't see anything but what's flashing right in front of you. So, so I ask, and then I open the eyes of my heart, and I try to get an awareness of, hey, look, God is here. Hey, look, 
There is strength. Hey, look. I am standing. Hey, look. There is help. Hey, I, I see you now, Lord. I have opened the eyes of my heart. And then you got to elevate. you got to elevate. I found out that you're going to love this if you're a nerd. Atmospheric pressure gets less as elevation increases. Think about that spiritually speaking. Think about that spiritually speaking. Something hangs heavy over your life, and you can't make what's hanging over you less heavy. But you can get up higher in your perspective if you will elevate and worship God and lift your hands and begin to praise Him in the storm. So, so when the waves come, I got What's that? I got a cheat sheet. Did y'all see this? Oh, the words and the uh, approach and the voices. We talked about these just like 25 minutes ago. And the expectations and the shame. That's the waves. When the waves come, you didn't know I was smelling anything. I snuck it in. I'm tricky. When the waves come off, I need to check this wave and see if I made it or if God made it. Okay. Okay. Here comes the wave. But watch this. Just as soon as the wave comes, breathe. Remember. You've been there, but help is on the way. 
when you learn to anticipate that anxiety is coming, it changes everything about how you approach it. Yeah. And this new series, When Anxiety Attacks, this is a good one. So good. This is the best of the best of the yeah. teachings that we have for you on fear, worry, anxiety, gratitude. It's a plan of action yeah. for when that undertow of anxiety starts to show up. Not just relief, but a way out. The Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear, yeah. but you have to have a plan. Yeah. Today, would you take a step toward your peace, toward your joy, toward your wholeness? Yeah. There's so much more you can receive with this DVD series. We have a gratitude practice journal. That alone will change your life as yeah. we walk you through what to do to end each day and begin each day at the right altitude. Yeah. There's a bonus USB, even some more sermons that will teach you exactly what to do about paralyzing fear and negative emotions. But you've got to call or go online, and you've got to do it now. You can't wait till the attack comes to make your plan to fight back. Do it now and make your gift while we explain more. Your boss doesn't like you because you're not doing a very good job. You don't have what it takes. You are shaky at best.
I'm talking about breaking up with comfortable Christianity. Having a continuous stream of great messages, music, and merchandise designed to help you be an influence in every sphere of life. Imagine making a difference in a way that will literally surprise you every month. Introducing the Hillsong Team Box, an exclusive monthly subscription that delivers everything Hillsong directly to your door. Here's how it works. Each month we'll send you the Hillsong Team Box full of exclusive resources at 50% off free shipping in the U.S. and no hidden fees. You can't receive this mix of resources any other way. So what's in the box? A combination of the best of Hillsong and friends. Worship, books, t-shirts, apparel, devotionals, and more. Join a group of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit hillsong.com forward slash teens to join today. This conference is about the Church of Jesus Christ rising in its stature and the harvest. We can win our city. We can change the world. We can touch this nation. We don't know if it will turn from here. Lord, I believe from here, momentum will come with a theme, no momentum. Lord, we believe in Jesus' name. May nations be impacted eternally because, Father, we heard from you here.
when everyone else was quitting, when everyone else was throwing in the towel, when everyone else was saying this nation is going down the, the, the drain, there's nothing good here, it's famine, this man stayed in the game. Genesis 26 this was the son of Father Abraham. So we see in Genesis 26, verse 1, a severe famine now struck the land. Now, it looks like this is a, just a, a, a surprise, that it happened right now. A severe famine right now happened. But we see there's a comment that says, this has happened before. This is not God's first rodeo. God is not surprised by what's going on in our world in our nation, in our city. That there have been times before where there was famine, where there was chaos, where there was destruction, where there was anger, where there was hostility. God is not surprised by what's going on. And, and it says that Isaac moved to Gerar. Now, Gerar would be like moving 10 miles away from where he was. It wasn't a new country. It wasn't some far-off city. It was basically like a neighboring town. Now, everybody was leaving Canaan to go down to Egypt because Egypt was where the money was at. People following the money, following where the provision will be. What if you follow God and let the provision follow you? Rather than following the provision and hoping that God will show up. What if you followed what God said? What if you followed God's voice instead of the popular choice? So Isaac found himself in a place where everyone was leaving, and God shows up, verse 2, and God speaks to Isaac, and he says, don't you dare go down to Egypt. Turn to someone next to you, don't go down to Egypt. What would Egypt represent? Egypt would represent leaving where God has called you to stay. Leaving the place that God's called you to stay in. Not just externally, but internally. Leaving the place of faith. Leaving the place of hope. Leaving the place of peace. Leaving the presence of God. Leaving that place of forgiveness. Leaving that place of joy. Not letting the outside dictate the inside, but letting the inside dictate the outside. Externally, it could be leaving your marriage. Leaving the job that God has you in because you're not happy. If you only stayed places where you were happy, you wouldn't stay anywhere. Because not 100% of the time is anybody always happy with every person they're with and every job they're in. Multiple times there's been moments where all of us have wanted to throw in the towel, but there's something for the people who stick with it, who stay where God's called them to stay. And so God says, don't you leave. Don't you leave. Do as I tell you. I know the experts are saying to go, to leave this person, there's nothing there, you aren't happy, just get out of here, leave the company, bold up, just leave town, but I'm telling you, stay. Look at verse 3, he says, stay right here, live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you. See, the blessing of God, he says, I'm going to bless you. The blessing of God is not limited to your location, it's not limited to your vocation, it's not limited to who you're married to, it's not limited to how long you've been married, it's not limited to whether you have kids or don't have kids, it's not limited to your marital status, whether you're single, divorced, or married. The blessing of God supersedes any season, any location, any vocation. 
shoot any family you grew up in, you say, Paul, I got some bad family members. I got, I mean, I came into this world with some jacked up family members. But before your parents could put anything on you, God stamped you with his DNA. You are made in his image. You are a child of God. Before anyone could put a generational curse on you, God put his blessing on the inside of you. So Isaac was a blessed man living in a famine land. He said, I'm going to bless you. I hereby confirm. I will give all these lands to you. God was saying, look around, Isaac. It's all yours. I'm going to give you all the lands, and I'm going to cause your children to inherit all this territory. The fight you're in right now is a fight for territory. The devil wants your marriage, he wants your family, he wants your finances, he wants you to quit going to college, he wants you to quit the internship, he wants you to quit the job, he wants you to uh, uh, leave that place, because there's something there that the devil wants, and he doesn't want you there, and he's bothered that you're there, and so he's bringing all hell against you. But you know that the darkness cannot stop you from your destiny, that hell can't stop you from what heaven has called you to fulfill. He said, I'm going to cause your children to be blessed. Just as I promised your daddy, Abraham, I'm going to cause your kids to be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Look up, count the stars if you can. I'm going to give it all to you through your kids. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. Guys, this blessing is your blessing. Circle that for your kids. Circle this for your family. Circle this for your life. Verse 5, he said, I will do this. I swear I will do this because your daddy Abraham listened to me and he obeyed the commandments, decrees, and instructions that I gave to him. You're going to step into blessings because of what your grandma did 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You're going to step into favor because of your dad's because Billy Joe and Shannon were sowing when no one else was sowing. Because Oral Roberts was sacrificing in the 60s, you're going to step into a harvest in Tulsa that you didn't even pay for. Somebody else paid the seeds for your harvest. And the seeds you're sowing right now are for your future kids and your future grandkids. I'm telling you, there is power in the seed. You say, Papa, I haven't seen the harvest. But Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be mocked, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. For whatever a man or woman sows, that will he also reap. And Galatians 6, 9 says, those who stick with it. If you, if you don't give up, don't grow weary in doing the right thing. Don't grow weary in staying in the game. Don't grow weary in just doing the mundane routine, showing up on Monday, sowing the seeds, working the job, being the babysitter, being the nanny, being the daddy, being the mommy, being the husband, being the wife. I know it doesn't seem like a real fancy, exciting role right now, but God says stay right there. Stay put because I'm about to bless you in the middle of whatever you're walking through. I will bless you, but your provision is connected to your submission. Your provision is connected to your submission. Will you actually follow God's voice? A lot of people want to be blessed, but they refuse to obey God. So many people will leave the place where God's put them because something exciting comes along. I was on a walk with my dog, and all of a sudden, a little rabbit came right out in front of him. I said, oh, no, PJ, stay. 
stay, stay. I had him on a leash. Now, I'm not saying God wants to put you on a leash. So don't read into the story. I don't know, maybe he does. But I have TJ on a leash. Stay, stay. You know, the BJ just goes after it. He starts chasing this rabbit. And the leash totally went away from me. I mean, the dog took off. I'm running after him. And 40 seconds later, he was, you know, he's like squealing and barking. And I find him. And he's run into a barbed wire fence. And he's cut the side of his neck and his face. He's got blood. And he's crying. And I wanted to tell him, told you. Uh, but I was nice. And we bandaged up his wounds. He's okay now. He's totally fine. He had to wear one of those things around his head for a while because he kept wanting to scratch his bandages. And so he kind of felt humiliated walking around with one of those big dog things that covers your head. Here's the point. Oftentimes, we take off running from the place God's called us to be because something exciting comes along. Something's trying to lure you away from being in that place of faith, from just working that job, being in that marriage. You say, Paul, it feels like a famine. It feels like my husband doesn't even like me, doesn't care for me. My wife, she's always nagging me. It just feels like a famine in my marriage. My kids are rebellious. They won't listen to me. It just feels like a famine in my family. And God says, stay right there. Stay, obey and start sowing. We get out of the mission, the ministry, the marriage, the covenant, the place we're supposed to be in. I'm going to get a newer model. I'm going to find someone 30 years younger. I'm going to go and do something fresh. What if you just stayed with it until the miracle happened? What if you stayed there until you saw the breakthrough? What if you stopped leaving every time you got unhappy, every time you got antsy, every time you felt restless? What if God saying, just stay? Just stay. Have you ever felt like there is more in store for you than what you're doing right now? Or have you ever wondered why the gifts and talents you possess were put inside you? There's good news. God created you without limitations. You were not born to stay where you are. You were born with possibilities. You were born to rise above. You were born for more. In Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Born for More, you will discover how to break the limits of your environment Define how God used success and multiply the gifts and talents that are inside you. Born for More will give you the practical tools you need and the confidence to know that God's purpose for your life is greater than you could ever imagine. No matter what your past holds, you can be sure that God's purpose and promises guarantee that you were born for more. Discover your limitless life with Pastor Paul's new mini book, Born for More. Get your free copy today and our gift to you by calling 1 800 760. 2360, or visit us online at org. Isaac has some problems with his wife. It's actually a repeat of what his dad went through. Isaac pretends that his wife is his sister. Where did he learn that from? Abraham did that. You will inherit some of the same battles and blessings as your parents, but trust that God is with you to deliver you out of those battles and to give you blessing even when you miss it. Isn't it amazing that God still blessed Abraham and Isaac even though they missed it at times in their life. I'm glad God uses imperfect people to do great things for the Lord because you and I wouldn't even be here if he didn't. But in verse 12, it says that Isaac sowed in the famine. He stayed, he obeyed, and he started sowing. He started sowing. Why would you sow into soil that's producing no crops? Isaac, you're wasting your seed. 
You are wasting your seed. You are sowing into land that's producing nothing. But Isaac knew something that they didn't know. Isaac knew, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is with me, what famine can stand a chance against the God who's on my side? So Isaac sowed, and it said in the same year, he reaped one hundredfold harvest. You've got to give God something to multiply. Give him something to multiply. Give something to activate your faith. Isaac was activating his faith. It didn't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense. If it didn't make sense, it wouldn't be faith. There's something powerful about the mystery behind believing even when it doesn't make sense. But Isaac planted the seed. He reaped the harvest. In verse 13, he became rich, so wealthy. Verse 14, he was accumulating Cattle and herds and goats and servants and the Philistines envied him. How do we stay with it? How do we stay, obey, and sow when it doesn't make sense? There's two things. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. They go hand in hand. It's like beef and cheddar. They go together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It just works. That doesn't rhyme, but don't worry about it. Come on, somebody. Faith and patience. You can't have patience without faith, and you can't have faith without patience. If all you have is faith, when it doesn't work out, you're going to leave and quit. You're going to be upset. If all you have is patience, you're going to be sitting there the whole time but not expecting anything. You've got to have both. Hebrews chapter 6 says, Through faith and patience, your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, inherited the promises of God. Faith and patience are not a lazy, sluggish attitude. Faith and patience are an active, I'm going to make the most, but I'm not leaving where God's placed me to be. I'm going to stay in motion, but I'm not moving out of the land that God called me to stay in. I'm going to wake up on Monday, and I'm going to work this thing. I'm going to work my job. I'm going to work in my marriage. I'm going to work on my family. I'm going to sow seed even when I'm not getting any harvest back. I'm going to sow seeds of love. I'm going to sow seeds of forgiveness. I'm going to sow seeds of prayer. I'm going to sow seeds of finances. I'm going to sow seeds of kindness. I'm going to sow seeds of, of, of being a peacemaker. When you start making the most of the place God has you right now, you start discovering what's actually beneath the soil of the ground you're standing on. The grass will always look greener on the other side when you're not watering your own garden, your own yard. You've got to water it. You've got to work it. I was on the highway the other day, and I was in a lane that I had to stay in because my exit was just a mile away, but the lane I was in was backed up in traffic. Man, I wanted to get out of my lane. I was looking at the other lanes. They started moving. They were going faster and faster. And I was thinking, okay, maybe I can get in that lane and get ahead of like 100 cars and get up there and cut up in front and get back in the lane I need to be in. So I did. I got out of my lane, got into the other lane. I was thinking, nice, I'm going to start moving. Right when I got into the other lane, all of a sudden, it just stopped up. And the lane that I was once in started moving faster. And I thought, well, I was friends with those guys. Let me get back in there. They're like, uh uh, you tried to get out of our lane. You are not one of our friends. You tried to cut in front of us. Nobody would let me back in my lane. This is what happens, though, sometimes. We get out of the mission, the ministry, the marriage, the covenant, the place we're supposed to be in. I'm going to get a newer model. I'm going to find someone 30 years younger. I'm going to go and do something fresh. What if you just stayed with it until the miracle happened? What if you stayed there until you saw the breakthrough? What if you stopped leaving 
got unhappy, every time you got antsy, every time you felt restless, what is God saying? Just stay. Just stay. I have a blessing waiting for you in this season, in this moment. You know the amazing thing is God blessed Isaac in a year that made no sense to get blessed. I've heard people come to me and say, you know, the year of Jubilee is coming up. That's the year where God's blessing actually comes to pass. And I'm thinking, okay, but God's blessing also comes to pass in the famine. God's blessing also happens when it's not the year of Jubilee. God's blessing is not contingent upon what year it is, what president's in office, what season you're in, what city you're living in, what church you're going to, what family you grew up in. The blessing of God supersedes any season, any location, any vocation, any year you're in. Stop limiting what our incredible God can do. The Bible says nothing is impossible for him. You know, the Israelites one time came upon a well that was supposed to have water in it, and it didn't have water. In Numbers chapter 21, they got there, and Lord had led them to this place where he was going to give them water. They show up to the well. Uh, God, where's the water? Instead of leaving and quitting and saying, you let us out here to die, this isn't going to work out, we're throwing in the towel. I mean, the scoreboard just says we're down, we might as well quit. Instead of quitting, they started singing to the well. What if you stayed and started singing to the thing that's producing nothing? I believe God wants to prosper people in places where it doesn't make sense for them to prosper. Where the world goes, now how is he prospering and, and how is he? Because the favor of God is on your life. Because you've obeyed God. Because you followed his commandments. Because you're sowing in the famine. Because you're staying where he's called you to be. You're obeying what he's called you to do. Isaac found those old wells that Abraham had dug. He dug them back up. He named them new wells. The Philistines didn't like it. They tried to take the wells from them. Isaac was a peacemaker. Instead of fighting, he said, they're yours. God has more in store for me, so I'm going to let it go. Isaac lived on, and he finally came to Beersheba. That's where he found the well, the fresh new well, the well that not even Abraham had found. And it was at that well that God planted Isaac, right there in the land of Canaan, in the place of famine. Isaac continued to prosper. He had provision for all of his family, all of his friends, all of his animals, his servants, everything. God blessed him right there. There's one thing I want to tell you today before we close. In Numbers 22 through 25, Balak was a king who was threatened and angry by the Israelites' massive uh, amount of people that were occupying the land. And Balak called on this prophet named Balaam. He said, I want you to come and curse these Israelites so they'll get out of my land. And Balaam said, I can't curse whom God has blessed. I can't stop what God has put momentum on. How do you get momentum, by the way? You get momentum when you stay somewhere long enough, and you work it hard enough, and you stick with it, and all of a sudden the lane opens up, and it starts moving, and all of a sudden the speed starts growing, and you start getting some traction. That's where mo So Israelites had momentum, man. They were moving towards the promised land. They were following God's commandments. So anytime Balaam opened his mouth to try and curse them, a blessing came out. They're blessed coming in and blessed going out. God's blessing and favor is chasing them down. God surrounds them with a blessing. You can't touch them. You can't stop them. You can't force them out of here. God's blessing is on them. And Balak got angry. He said, I'm paying you to curse them. And you keep blessing them. He said, I can't help it. I can only speak what God has said. 
But in Numbers 25, Balaam said this, I can't curse them, but they can curse themselves if they leave the place that God's called them to stay in. If they walk away from the commandments that God's called them to stay in. If they choose to marry into another area that God's called them to stay away from. If they leave the place where the blessing is at, God doesn't curse them, they curse themselves. Where does that come from? Deuteronomy 28. Choose today whom you will serve. These blessings will follow you. But if you refuse to do what God asks you to do, you are bringing the curse upon yourself. If you refuse to follow God's plan, you are literally walking away from the blessed place. This is what the prodigal son did. He was in a house where he had everything. Luke 15, Jesus says, this little boy, I mean, he had a place to sleep. He had food to eat. He had a dad who loved him. He had a brother. He had family members. He had friends. He had everything he needed, but this restless spirit got inside him, this antsy spirit. I wonder what's out there. I wonder what other people are doing. I don't need to be in church. I don't need to stay in love. Oh, I want to get out of here. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what God wants me to do. I I want to be in the house. I want to see what's out there. So the prodigal son, he took his dad's money, and he went, and he lived large and in charge, at least for a little while. You can look blessed for a little bit when you walk out of that season. But soon enough, it catches up with you. And he found himself in the pig pen. And he came to his senses. There's a place where I'm loved. There's a place where I'm forgiven. There's a place where I'm taken care of. There's a place of provision and protection. I need to go back to that place. I need to go back to my father's house. Stay with it. I think there's some people here today Maybe someone who's watching online, a wife who just feels like leaving, a husband who just feels like quitting, a pastor who just feels like giving up, a missionary who just wants to move. Things don't seem to be happening. But what did God say? It doesn't matter what everyone else is saying. What has God said? What has God asked you to do? Stay with it. Your miracle, your breakthrough, your favor, your blessing is coming. You've got to stay with it. The only time that we should move is when God says to move. But when we are just getting antsy or restless, we've got to have that desire, that steadfast faithfulness to say, no, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stay with what God's called me to do. Just this last week, I got the chance to speak to a a hero in my life, Joyce Meyer. And Joyce Meyer has written over 100 books. She's impacted the world with ministry. And she's in her mid-70s. She's been doing it for 50 years. You know what she said? Stay with it. Stay with it. I want to just say that to all of you that are watching today. Stay with the thing that God's called you to do. Pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for staying with it. Thank you for taking the cross. Thank you for taking my sin. Thank you for raising from the dead so that I can have eternal life. Lord, help me to stay with it. Help me to stay the course of what you've called me to do and where you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you pray that prayer today, I believe God's going to give you staying power. He's going to give you the strength to stay with it. We love you so much. We're praying for you. We've got a brand new mini book we want to send to you called Born for More. And it's a book that's going to help you to stay with it in the the mindset of faith and to keep on living by faith. So if you want the mini book, we will send it to you for free. That's right, free. 
call the number at the bottom of the screen. Go to our website, pauldoherty.org. Request it. We'll send it to you. We love you so much. We're praying for you. We appreciate all of you that sow into this ministry to help us reach the world with God's love. We believe your best days are right in front of you. Have you ever felt like there is more... Can say 
my way to my destiny. Because the favor of God is on my life. Let me tell you about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is self-moving. When it's genuine. I had a whole lot of people in my life. Encourage the person next to you. 
Oh, my God. 
Rando de go se, se de go se, se de go se. Oh, Father God. Hmm. Rando de go se, se de go se, se de go se. Rando de go se, se de go se, se de go se. Rando de go se, se de go se, se de go se. Rando de go se, se de go se, se de go se. R
Father God, yes, we praise thy name. We glorify you, Lord. Let your word go forth. Let your spirit enter in. We need you, Daddy God. Holy the cost, get it a combo staraha. We need you, Father God. Horandish, get it a cost, and dandras, got it a combo Yes, Father, let your presence come forth. Enter in, move, ooh, heal, anoint, cleanse, mm, reactivate, restore. Yes. Continue, Rashid al Kusta de Kubuska de Rakanda, Yarumboske, Harumbokrande de Kusta de Continue to do that which is necessary and needful. Mm. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Roboko, 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 Robose Rakandaka. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Harande de Kosaka. Thank you for the lot of Kosaka and the Kosaka and the Kandrandaka. Yes, 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 Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. It's time. Mm. Mm. It's time. Mm. No more pulling back. No more shadow the combo. Not walking. Not moving, not producing this time. Oh, Jesus, really? Now you will begin to see the manifestations of that which you've been standing the gap and praying for. It's time. I am calling things forth now. Oh, Jesus. I am moving now. It's time. You have been walking forward, seeking, standing, trusting, believing in me for a breakthrough, for a turnaround, for manifestation. Now watch. Shut it up. 
Watch as I begin to produce a harvest that only I could do. I told you to stand, pray, and speak for the foolish things. Watch as I turn lives around, as I turn situations and circumstances around. Watch as I begin to manifest because you chose to stand. Mm. It's time. My hand is upon your life. You are walking in accordance with what I called you to do. I am covering, protecting, and making a way. It's time. Allow me to finish what I have started in your lives. Allow my word to perfect all things that concern of you. Who shut it up? It's time. Watch me move in unique and peculiar ways. Mm, it's time. Why do I say unique and peculiar? Because I will have you doing things that is out of the ordinary, that is different, but I will produce a harvest bigger than if you've done it the other way. It's time. It's time. If you choose to stand by me, watch as I turn situation and circumstances around because it's time. My word must and will prevail. My word must and will prevail. It's time. I have chosen you. I have called you and you have answered the call. Now, since you have chosen to trust me, I am walking it out in your life. Ooh, Jesus, we praise our name. It's time. Help us to continue to walk after you, Lord. Mm. It's time. Help us to continue to do that which you want us to do, Father God. Continue to strengthen, encourage, and uplift us, Lord. Continue to bless us abundantly. It's time. And we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' holy name. And so, amen, amen, and amen. And amen. All right, you. I don't know if anybody's on, if anybody want to pray and all that other lovely good stuff. If not, I will break out the list. Because it's time.
right, the new family. Run the position of a session of a session of a
mastermind group, runners official, 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 official,
Congregation churches, special men and families, walking around the supernatural, run the go sit, she 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 go sit,
teaches the past of all understanding. Stop it up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Grace, mercy, and favor. Growth and our gifts and our fruit. Growth and I get from our fruit. First mercy and faith. Knowledge we don't understand. Walking around the supernatural. Run to go see shit and see shit and shit and shit and shit and shit and restoration. Boskele the go see shit and go run to go see shit and shit and shit and mind. Shikron boskele the go see shit and shit and shit and shit and shit and shit Pray for you. Run to go see shit and go see shit and shit Supernatural, superhuman strength, ability, gifts, and talents on a synergist get an increasing basis. Run to go see shit go see shit sakra. Financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. You go see shit go see shit go sakra. sakra. Ability to persevere to the end. Rumble kush get go sakra. Peace is past all understand. Okay, I think that might be it. I think that's it. So if it is, anybody got anything they want to pray for, say, before I send out this text? Okay. Works for me.
slave that made his way metaphorically can't do so. Highs on fire, my pride won't collide, and my brain is your eyes if I stand on
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile.
You're listening to Stingray Music. Lord, we invite you here, Lord. 
Download the free Stingray Music mobile app. All right, all right, all right. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Mm-hmm. We praise you, Holy Spirit. We glorify thy name. Continue to speak to us, Lord. Continue to bless us. Continue to move in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, how far we get? We might get to the end of this particular chapter today. Yeah. Okay. Such a walk by the Spirit requires reliance and faith. We have seen before how all good actions of the flesh exhibit an attitude of independence towards God. The very nature of the soul is independency. Should believers act in accordance with their thought, feeling, and desire, they have no need to spend time before God, to wait for his guidance. Those who follow the desires of body and mind, Ephesians 2 and 3, need not only rely upon God. Now, those, about, those, those who follow the desires of body and mind need not rely upon God. Except Christians realize how useless, how undependable, how utterly weak they are in seeking to know the will of God, they should never cultivate a heart of reliance upon him. To receive God's guidance in the spirit, they must wait upon him therewith. They must refrain from taking their feeling or thought as a guide. Let us remember that whatever we do or can do without trusting, seeking, and waiting upon God is or will be done in the flesh. With fear and trembling, we must rely upon God for guidance in the inner depths. This is the sole way to walk according to the Spirit. To walk in this fashion requires faith for the believer. The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. Mm. 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 The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. Not as the soulless person who gains assurance by grasping the things which can be seen and felt. But the person who follows the Spirit lives by faith, not by sight. Wow. Mm. Mm. He will not be troubled by the lack of human assistance, nor will he be moved by human opposition. He can tr- I got to read that whole paragraph again. Wow. He can trust God even in utter, utter darkness, for he has faith in God. Because he does not depend upon himself, he can trust the unseen more than his own visible power. Mm. To walk in this fashion requires faith of the believer. The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. 
Now, it is a soulish person who gains assurance by grasping the things which can be seen and felt. But the person who follows the Spirit lives by faith and not by sight. He will not be troubled by the lack of human assistance, nor will he be moved by human opposition. He can trust God even in utter darkness, for he has faith in God. Because he does not depend upon himself, he can trust the unseen power more than his own visible power. Walking after the Spirit involves both the initiation of a work by revelation and execution of it through ooh, 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 ooh. that application thing I talk about all the time. Why you got to get beyond what you read and what you hear. Walking after the Spirit involves both the initiation, that sounds like work to me, of a work by revelation. In other words, that which I just read, what you see, what you hear, what you believe. You know, that revelation that comes from within. And execution of it. Through the Lord's strength, so the Lord has shown it to you, but the only way that you can do it is you got to seek him for the strength and the direction to do it. Come on now. Mm. Frequently, believers beseech God for spiritual power to do a work which has not been revealed at all in their intuition. Lord, here we go again. I don't know if we're going to get through this, Lord. This is simply impossible. For what is of the flesh is flesh. On the other hand, believers frequently know the will of God through revelation and their intuition, but bring their own strength to the work to perform it. This cat is crazy. This cat is crazy. That's all I got to say. This likewise is impossible. For how can they begin with the Holy Spirit and end up with the flesh? Mm, mm, mm. Those who follow the Lord must be brought to the place of no confidence in the flesh. Wow. They must confess they can originate no good idea and must admit they possess no power to fulfill the Holy Spirit's work. Our thought, cleverness, knowledge, talent, and gift, which the world superstitiously worships, Must be set aside in order to enable one to trust the Lord wholly. Come on now. I'm going to struggle to get through this. The Lord's people should persistently acknowledge their own unworthiness and incompetency. They dare not initiate anything before receiving God's order nor attempt to execute God's command and self-reliance. To live by the Spirit, we must move in accordance with the delicate sense of His intuition and depend on its enabling to accomplish the revealed task. Well, do we begin if we follow intuition instead of thought, opinion, feeling, or tendency? Well, do we end if we rely on the Spirit's power and not on our own talent, strength, or ability? 
Simply keep in mind that the moment we cease to follow our intuitive sense, at that very moment we begin to walk after the flesh and end up mingling or minding the things of the flesh. This in turn injects death into the spirit. Only if we walk not according to the flesh can we walk according to the spirit. Our aim is to be a spiritual man but not a spirit. If we recognize this distinction, our lives should never be cut and dried. We today are human beings and shall be so eternally. Yet the highest achievement of a human being is so to develop into a spiritual man. The angels are spirits. They have neither body nor soul, but we humans possess both. We are to be spiritual men and not spirits. The spiritual man shall continue to retain his soul and body, otherwise he would be reduced to being a spirit instead of a man. No, what is meant by being a spiritual man is that he is under the control of the spirit, which, he has, become the, which has become the highest organ of his whole person. Let us not be mistaken on this point. A spiritual man retains his soul and body. Being spiritual does not annihilate these organs nor their respective functions because these make man what he is. So although the spiritual man does not live by them, he certainly has not annihilated them either. They instead have been renewed through death and resurrection so that they are perfectly united to the spirit and have become instruments for his expression. Hence, the emotion, mind, and will remain in spiritual man, but are subject entirely to the guidance of intuition. Okay, I'm on, yeah, I'm on, mm-hmm, yeah, because I, mm, okay, mm-hmm, yeah, we're going to stop that right there. Father God, Okay. Okay, I'm gonna back it up a paragraph. To live after the spirit is a Christian's daily task. He ought to perceive that we can neither live by the noblest of feelings nor by the loftiest of thoughts. We must walk according to the guidance accorded us through our intuition. The Holy Spirit expresses his feelings through our spirit's delicate sense. He does not operate directly on our minds, suddenly induce us to thinking of something. All his works are done in our innermost depths. The innermost depths, again, is in our spirit, in the aspect of the spirit of the communion, where we commune with God. That's the innermost depths of a man. If we desire to know his mind, now whose mind is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit's mind, the mind of Christ. So if we desire, our spirit desires to know the mind of Christ, that's where we're going to connect. Like I said, that room and that apartment. If we desire to know his mind, we should conduct ourselves in accordance with the intuition of our spirit. At times, however, we may sense something with, there without comprehending what it means, what it demands, or what is it communicating. Whenever this happens, we must commit ourselves to prayer, asking that our mind may be given understanding. So now, there are times when you will sense something 
And you go, nah, I don't really, I, I, I'm, quite, I'm touching on something. I'm seeing something. I don't know. So what do you do? You go to prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communication between you and God. And we talked about the different types of prayer. But I'm getting down to the basics of what is prayer. Prayer is a communication between you and God. So when now when you're sensing something and you want clarity on it, because you want what the mind of the spirit, which is the mind of Christ, what is it revealing to you? So in other words, it's in your spirit. It hasn't come quite totally clear in your natural mind. So then when you go to prayer, then prayer connects to God and he begins to fill your spirit and then it begins to pour over into your soul and then you begin to see in the natural mind what your spiritual mind is telling Whenever this happens, we must commit ourselves to prayer, asking that our mind may be given understanding. Once we apprehend the meaning of what we have sensed intuitively, we thereafter should behave accordingly. The mind can instantly be enlightened and made to understand the meaning of intuition, but abrupt thoughts which originate with the mind void of intuition not ought to be followed. Solely intuitive teaching represents the spirit's thoughts. Only this should we follow. So now you get a thought. In your mind, you're like, man, this sounds good. So now what he's saying is when you get those thoughts, then what you do, uh, still you're going to seek God in prayer. Then if God is not backing up those thoughts that you're getting, then you know those are soulish thoughts. So right now, again, we're differentiating between the spirit and the soul. But all this, again, goes, see, this is, this, this is grad work. All this then, again, goes back to you have to know the voice of God for yourself. When you start getting to this level here, can't nobody tell you God's voice for yourself. Now, God will confirm his voice through various ways. I talked about yesterday when I just happened to go into the kitchen and the four horsemen were on, which was in the conversation me, Erica, and Mark had about some things we were praying about. It gave us confirmation. See, that's another way that God confirms things. He confirms things through a whole lot of ways, but that was letting us know that we were dead on with what we were talking about. Now, that's a lot more that goes to that. I walked in there, saw a TV show, and all. It's a lot more to win in that conversation, which you don't need to know about. But, again, that was letting us know. We, we're, we're totally on target with what we were talking about. But that was just one thing among other things. But, again, that's how God trained you. So if, you do not, if you're still struggling, which some of us are, to know the voice of God between the voice of ourself, that's where you need to go back and say, God, I need you to help me with clarity. Because, see, what happens then, and you're still confused and you're not totally, and I'm not saying because we're going to all miss it at some level. That's why he says we, we prophesy in part. But some level and a lot of level is a big difference. The Lord will begin to clear that up, the distinction between your voice and his voice, but that's going to take work. All of it takes work. That's why he calls it the exercising of your faith. Such a walk by the Spirit requires reliance and faith. Reliance and faith. We have seen before how all good actions of the flesh exhibit an attitude of independence toward God. Mm. All good actions of the flesh exhibit an attitude of independence toward God. The very nature of the soul is independency. Should believers act in accordance with the thought, feeling, and desire 
they have no need to spend time before God to wait for his guidance. So the very nature of our soul, which is of our flesh, is I need to be independent. I got this. I can handle it. That's the way it is. Even a child, when when they're learning how to walk, they're doing things on their own. Only when they fall on their face, they can't do it. Then they'll reach for help. But even the very nature of a child, they're trying to do things on their own. So again, what 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 is this telling you? That is natural for you to oppose God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because of this meat suit you're wrapped in, with this soulless nature and pride inside of it, it's very natural for you to resist God. And you need to understand that. The very nature of the soul is independency. Should believers act in accordance with their thought, feeling, and desire, they have no need to spend time before God to wait for his guidance. Those who follow the desires of the mind and the body need not rely upon God. Except Christians realize how useless, how undependable, and how utterly weak they are in seeking to know the will of God they should never cultivate a heart of reliance upon him. See, that whole thing right there says right there, I'm weak. We reject that. I got to spend time for God. I'm busy. I, all of that right there tell you, know, it, it's things that we pull away from because it's going to pull us out of our schedules, out of our priorities, out of basically out of you. you know, it's God, and you know what? God, God sits back like, yeah, mm-hmm, I expect you to do that if you want the best from me. Because, see, I need you to recognize that I'm your source, whether or not you realize it or not. And that's funny. It really is, because we don't act or understand that. We act, I mean, even unsaved, well, of course, unsaved men would do that. But trust and believe, when God is ready, that breath you're trying to breathe is gone. And ain't nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. You know, I'm sorry. Is it appropriate to interject? Come on. Come on. I was just going to say I was listening to what <laughs> I was listening to what you just said. And I was thinking that, you know, we are the same too. As people, we're the same. We we want we don't want to be taken advantage of. Like we <clears throat> You know how we do. You mm. want the very best out of me, but you don't want to come see me. You don't want to spend no time with me. You want it just when you, you know, when it's convenient for you. Wow. You only want to see me when it's convenient for you. And then, when all the songs say, when a woman's fed up, I'm sure it's the same with the man. It's just that the song says woman. Uh-uh. You know, when we're sick of it, then it's like, nope, you're not going to use me. You're not going to, I'm just not going to be someone for your convenience. And then we don't want to fool with it no more. And then we just stop. So when you just said about when the breath is gone, that's the same way we are with each other and with relationships. And we pull that plug because we get tired of the foolishness, you know, then, then it's over. But we, we, don't, we, we demand things from each other mm. that we don't want to give to God. Mm. Mm. Wow. Oh. Wow. Deep. And 
the thing is, if we give, I'm learning. It's new. I'm new with this stuff, y'all. But I have learned that if you give God that 100%, you know, if you give him that, then your worldly relationship, your fleshly relationship, whatever, you know, human relationships will be what they're supposed to because that's going to groom you. If you treat God right, then it'll teach you how to treat each other. Mm. Because mm. it'll become a habit. You know, mm. it'll become that thing you do. It'll become a habit. So that's just, you know, reflections of myself. Mm. That's, that's deep. Mm. Except Christians realize how useless, how undependable, and how utterly weak they are in seeking to know the will of God, they shall never cultivate a heart of reliance upon him. To receive God's guidance in their spirit, they must wait upon him therewith. They must refrain from taking their feeling or thought as a guide. Let us remember that whatever we do or can do without trusting, seeking, and waiting upon God is or will be done in the flesh. With fear and trembling, we must rely upon God for guidance in the inner depths. This is the sole way to walk according to the Spirit. And the thing about that reliance, and see, this is the thing that most most people, most, I'm going to just leave it like that, don't understand because they don't want to be honest, but to solely rely and trust God is scary. It's hard. It's difficult. Why do you think that he tells you, I'm paraphrasing that, the word, the the road to hell is wide, the gates are wide, but the road to salvation is narrow, and the gates are narrow. Because, see, what do we just say? The very nature of the flesh is independency and saying that I got it. To trust God means you have to deny that very nature. I'm talking about solely. I'm not I understand everything is a process. It's training. Uh, and you know, I was just listening to you this morning about talking about. Yeah, I I, I know. You like really scared. To be honest with you, you're scared out of your wits. And I'm gonna say it's okay to admit that we're scared because we got scriptures concerning that. We got to get away from this false flagging that we do. We get scared. I ain't got this. I don't have that. I got a bad doctor's report. This just happened. It's okay. You just get scared. But now the key is you have to override that fear with faith. Lord, have mercy. And if you never admit the fact that you are scared, now you're walking in in, in denial. You're walking in uh, in not reality. Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. So, again, it's okay to admit that you're scared because what does that Deuteronomy confession say? Those giants that are bigger and taller than me, but God. And you, again, he has to grow you up into that again. So, again, understand, walking in total reliance upon God, it ain't easy. And anybody that tells you is they don't, 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 you know what? Let's, going back to what Mark was talking about yesterday when we're talking about dealing with people in their spiritual walk and their level, when people come at you 
um, by, and you could just tell because you could tell by the attitude, you can tell by the things they say. You do not need to waste your time trying to convince them otherwise because they, they are not there. They cannot there. You make an evaluation. You say praise the Lord, and you keep moving. Just like TDJ said when he was a young pastor and a man came to him about all his spiritual, all his marital problems, and he asked TD what to do. TD said, you need to divorce her. And the man said, thank you, son. And T.D. knew at that point in time he missed it. He didn't have what he needed. That man in his wisdom knew he didn't have what he needed. And even though he was looking to him for spiritual guidance and help, he couldn't give him what he didn't have. See, that's that discernment that God gives us. So when, when people try to tell you about Trust in God, and it's and all you got, all you can do. That's, that's like people telling me all I got to do. All you got to do is going to take you 15 minutes. And I look at them, I don't even say nothing. It's going to take me 15, 20 minutes to get my tools out the truck and bring them up here. So I don't even get into that. I don't try to explain it to them. I just understand that they don't understand the fullness of what's going on. And that's what I'm talking about. People who, who are not there trying to tell you how easy it is or just trust God. Oh, really? You don't understand the fullness of what's really going on to get to that point in your walk. To walk in this fashion requires faith of the believer. The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. That means sight, feeling. I can touch, taste, tangible is there. And if it's there, why do I need faith? Why do I need to believe for this chair that I'm sitting in? It's already here. What I need to believe before I sit into the chair that it would uphold my weight. See, that, 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 so we need to get an understanding. We're breaking, this is grand level stuff, so we're breaking down the definitions and the understanding of things at a finite level, or even a, 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 I'm going to say a finer level, because I'm not going to say finite but a finer level so we can begin to distinguish and get a greater understanding so we can get more clarity about how to walk in this life. To walk in this fashion requires faith of the believer. The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. Now, it is the soulish person who gains assurance by grasping the things which can be seen and felt. But the person who follows the spirit lives by faith, not by sight. It is the soulish person who gains assurance by grasping the things which can be seen and felt. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, let me call and see what I got in my bank account. Let me see what this person has. Let me see what I got over this. I'm gaining assurance that I can do what's necessary by what I have. I got enough money. I got the proper um, pencils, paper, and everything. I got the proper tools. I got the proper contacts. I can do this job. I can go forth and, and teach these children. I, 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 I can do this because I've got everything in place because I know it's there. But now here's the opposite, which I, honestly God literally positions you at in order to grow you up, go forward. Okay, God, great. Where's the money? Go forward. Uh, 
right, God, I'm going to go do this. Um, who do I talk to? <laughs> go forward. <laughs> I, I, I heard you when you told me to go do this thing, but uh, I ain't got no money. I don't even know who to talk to when I get there. Go forward. Okay, look, look, look. You trip. Okay, let see. Let me break this down to those who want to lie can understand. I need you to put this conference on. Oh, great, Lord! I, I, you know what, Father? I'm, I, I can see that. Mm-mm. I need you to not just put it on here. I need you to put it on in other areas as well. Uh, well, okay. Um, I need you to put this conference on in other areas besides your home city. Well, Lord, how are we going to get a venue? I need you to put, you just hear him, I need you to do this. And these questions start arising. Where am I going to get the funds? Where are we going to have it at? Who's going to speak? Who's going to come and support? How is this all that's going to happen? And all he says is, go forward. And you don't have what you need. But he says, go for it anyway. See, that's by faith. And see, that very wall right there is the difference between you stepping out or you staying put. Mm -hmm. Because so many of us are waiting till we got everything together, and then it makes sense to step out to do what God called us to do. Come on, Father God. Come on, shout out. Go, shout out. But let me tell you this, by the time you get it all together to go forth to do what God's called you to do, God's gone because then it's not a journey of faith. Hmm. When God tells you to move, you need to learn how to move. See, that's that obedience thing. Again, understand all this is process. Understand this don't happen overnight. And understand he will gradually grow you up in this thing. Because, again, you cannot get rid of cancer when you cannot get rid of a headache by faith. Don't don't be stupid. So God has to supernaturally train you and transition. Because, see, that's why I said you have to learn how to get beyond reality. I don't have the money. I don't have the contacts. I don't have the connections. But I do have God. And I got to believe that he's going to provide the money. I got to believe that he's going to provide the contacts. I got to believe that he's going to provide the connections. The fine. I got to believe he's going to provide everything. What did he tell his disciples? He said, go. Two. He sent them away. Two by two to go to this town. Don't take anything with you. Isn't that what he told them? Don't worry about, I am your provider. I will provide for you along the way, but you need to trust. But see, now what does that do? That puts you in a, in a, a position of, I need to seek God for my provision. That puts you in a position where I need to stay connected. See, that's that total reliance that he's talking about, which is uncomfortable. Because now, in order for me to be connected to my God, I must submit myself, my soul, and my flesh. And I have to put it up underneath me. And I have to walk in assurance and trust. Trust in my God that he has made a way. And that requires work, people. Don't get it twisted. What do we say? That it's it's actually unnatural for you to seek and to trust God because you have to override your flesh. You have to override your soul. That requires energy, which requires work. That's why most people won't do it. 
I think I'll just keep reading. Might I make a comment? Come on in, sister. Since I was talking about you and your, why not? <laughs> no, I don't want to um like prolong it. I know sometimes people come in and you know your reading takes five hours. I don't want to do that. But I, I do need to say that of course when you were when you very first began this particular segment, that um the first thing that I did think about was the conference. And when you were talking about you know provision, you know we don't have the money and. We don't have this and we don't have that. You know, the thing is, it's like you said, um, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Because I had to connect this to the earpiece. Um, that's the thing is that, you know, it's the big picture. And I think, and again, I'm just learning, well, I ain't learning it. I'm believing this stuff for the first time for myself because I learned it a long time ago, but I don't know that I really believed it. But now that I'm seeing this stuff in action, um, you know, I'm really, I'm really getting it now. Um, the big picture. When we go through these things, these I call them these faith journeys, these faith walks. We have to remember what the big picture is, and the big picture is for us to teach others or to show others God's, um, you know, the manifestation of Him. Those who don't know, and so. We have to take the walk. We have to take that hard journey. We have to do the scary stuff in order for him, in order for him to, to be able to show us what he can do, right? So it's like when, when I know for us women, you know, when, when our man does something for us, if he pay a bill or, you know, if he, you know, buys us something nice or we get a new car for Christmas, you might get a necklace or a ring, you know, whatever, whatever it is, concert tickets, however it goes, you know, you want to tell somebody, girl, look what Leroy bought me. Ain't it pretty? You know, you know look at Cletus, Cletus Jerome. Look what he, oh, my God, he must really love you or he must, oh, that's a good man. You know, we want to share that stuff, Right. But it, so it's the same thing. We have to step out mm. in order for God to be able to do what it is that, that he does best, which is show up and show out, mm. so that ultimately we can shit so other people, girl, I know you were sick. How did you get? We never thought you were going to get better. Mm. You said that they were about to repossess your car, but they didn't take it. You know, what about that thing worked out with your job? Your boss finally quit riding you? You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, something, ha- the difficulties have to happen because nobody wants, when, who the heck go to the circus to see a regular old mundane show? You don't go to the circus to see the guy, you know, playing with little house cats or little dogs running around. No, you want to see that dog on tire tiger jump through that fire. You want to see, you know, this the guy put his head in the lion's mouth. You want to see the trapeze artist, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet in the air. That's the stuff that people want to see because that's what really shows something. That's what shows power. That's what shows that supernatural stuff. That's the miraculous. That's what brings people in. So if we never step out and give God the opportunity to show up and show out what is there to tell. Where is the testimony if there's never a test? That's why we have to go through and we have to 
to do the work and step out. If, if, no, you cannot say that you have faith if you never exercise it. It's a farce. It's bull stuff. I almost said it. It's because faith without works really is dead. It really is dead because it's only activated through the action. So like with the conference, <laughs> you know everything I'm going through, right? It's crazy what's happening right now. But like you said, I want you to do this. I want you in the midst of me losing, having the potential to lose everything I got, everything I got, my house, my car, my everything except the kids because, you know, ain't nobody going to take, nobody want no extra kids. So I think I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty straight with the kids. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of everything, now keeping in mind that I didn't have these problems a year ago. <laughs> I was straight. I ain't had none of these problems. I had excess money. I'm starting. My, I ain't had no problems. I was I was straight, as they say, straight. S C R A I G H T. Okay. But even though yes, I might have been straight, that was not God's path for my life. So he has to make me uncomfortable. He lied and told you. I've already told you what you're supposed to be doing, but you straight with your little tired ass thing. Oops. Your little tired paycheck or whatever. So let me help you out since you want to be hard-headed and you don't want to do what I told you to do. Let me let me push you on out the mess, baby girl. So it wasn't no gentle push either. But the point that I'm making is, you know, like with this conference, I'm, I said I got to do it. Well, we're going to, you know, pay them. We're going to need deposits. I know. I don't have no deposits. I don't even, I can't even pay my bills. I don't have no deposits for nothing. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Well, I don't, I, I, I'm in the midst of everything that I'm going through. It seems like I'm supposed to be more focused, focused on my personal situation, getting my personal self together than a conference. Well, you know what? No. No. Because I got to step out on the fake thing. Because if I step out on my fake thing and do what I'm supposed to do, then the personal stuff will take care of itself. That will be taken care of. So, you know, when you said earlier about the fear, and I'm going to wrap up, when you said earlier about the fear and stuff, yeah, it's scary. But at the same time, you know, he will continue to work with you and work with you and work with you, you know, till it gets to a point where it's like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's like whatever. Okay. Because you begin to see that the more you try to work stuff out yourself, the more crazy it gets. Oh, the more, say that the more muddled it gets. It gets. It, it gets to be some crazy stuff when you try to do this thing on your own. Because mm. you don't. You know why? Because you don't. You don't know what supposed. You don't know the big picture. So you you messing with stuff. You're trying to manipulate stuff, and you don't even know what the heck is supposed to be going on. So a lot of times we go back and undo everything that God's trying to do because we don't know what he's trying to do. Sorry. Go ahead, Pastor. No, no problem, Mommy, but you just definitely, well, you said a lot, but the last point is so valid because, Understand that this is divinely orchestrated, that God has set this path in motion 
So now what you said, what we do, we're because of what we see and what we think, and we'll try to coordinate and make things go in a certain direction. But that's not the divine path that God has set for you. And the only way that you can know that divine path is just like we said, is you got to stay in tune with him. So now here comes the enemy to get you off of that divine path. How do you get off that divine path? Because you start going into yourself, into your feelings, into your thoughts, into your understanding. Everything is connected with you, which stops you working and walking after the spirit. So if God divinely orchestrated this path, then he's the, he's the master builder. It's just like, okay, I divine this build. I, I I made this building. I know all the doors. I know all the windows. I, matter of fact, I even got walls inside of walls for you to escape and come forth. I know all this because I made this. But now, here I come. Here comes a problem. I freak out. God told me to go in this room and stand still. And I, I said, no, I'm going to be in this room, and I have no way out. But see, because the master builder knows that I have a passageway for you to go out in between these walls that nobody knows about. But you get upset. You run out in the hall because you feel that you're trapped. God said, no. And you're, you're trapped in me. You're not. And when you run out in the hall and you're trying to run out away from trouble, you run right into trouble. But if you stayed in that hall, he, he would have said, okay, or you'd have tripped and hit this wall or hit this button or whatever because he had his angels already strategically placed to push you, to make you do what needs to be done for you to discover this opening in this wall. And see, that's what I was talking about, talking about yesterday when I told you one of the subjects that I was going to speak on was hold your position. You just said it. You just said it. You want to run outside and run here and go here and go there, and God said, no, hold your position. Because remember I told you that that's why I told my son that if we are ever out somewhere and you get lost or get separated away from me or from your dad or whoever, whatever adult you're with, you stay where you're at. Don't be running around trying to know. Stay where you're at. Hold your position because we're going to come looking for you where we expect you to be. Amen. Okay. To walk in this fashion requires faith of the believer. The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. Now, it is a soulish person who gains assurance by grasping the things which can be seen and felt. But the person who follows the Spirit lives by faith, not by sight. He will not be troubled by the lack of human assistance, nor will he be moved by human opposition. He can trust God even in utter darkness, for he has faith in God. Because he does not depend upon himself, he can trust the unseen power more than his own visible power. Walking after the Spirit involves both the initiation of a work by revelation and the execution of it through Lord's strength. I'm going to read that one more time. Walking after the Spirit involves both. The initiation, which means the start of a work, that means you're doing something. You're not just sitting, hearing about it, reading about it, or thinking about it. You're doing something. And the execution of it through the Lord's strength. How are you doing this? You're doing it through the Lord. Frequently, believers beseech God for spiritual power to do a work which has not been revealed at all in their intuition. 
This is simply impossible, for what is of the flesh is of the flesh. So now, Lord, I almost said it. I almost said it. Let me stop. (laughs) Now I'm going to leave that alone. But, Lord, I need you to help me go feed these homeless people. And is that a good thing? Yeah. Is it a necessary thing? I would say, yeah. Is it something from God? I would say, yeah. It's in his word. Is that for you to do? Nah, that I don't know. Well, I see everybody else doing it. Okay. Is that for you to do? Is this the time for you to do it? It may be for you to do it, but it may not be the time for you to do it. See, all this, that's why I said your Holy Spirit is a mentor, and that's why you must go to him so he can tell you these things. So now we're trying to do something because it's a good thing, but God did not tell us to do it, so it's of the flesh. Simply put. Even if it's a good thing. I'm not talking about running out here, going gambling and and, and, and screwing and drinking. and uh, We already know that's other flesh. I'm talking about goodly things. I'm talking about godly things. But if the Lord did not tell you to do it, then it is not of God. On the other hand, believers frequently know the will of God through revelation and intuition, but bring their own strength to the work to perform it. This likewise is impossible, for how can they begin with the Holy Spirit and end up with the flesh? So now, here's the other thing. You're beseeching about, let me say, something, because you're tired of your job, or this going on, and Lord, I, I need a new job, or, or I tell you all frequently something, you all need to start a business. Okay? And the Lord begins to speak to you about starting this business, about getting a new job. And you say, you know what? That's it. The Lord said it is time for me to get my job. The Lord said it is time for me to start this business. I'm going to do it tomorrow. God, Lord, really, Jesus? Okay. But look, for, for someone who's been in business long enough, one thing I tell you, you need a job to support your business till you get to the point that your business can support you. Learn that the hard way, still learning that, all right? So nine times out of ten, and even in the mastermind classes, if you will, what we talk about, there's a transition that needs to occur. Because just because you got a godly idea does not mean the customers are going to come start beating down your door the first day that you open your business. They don't even know who you are. You have not proven yourself to them. And they might they might believe just just because God might well I'll give you a try but you know I'm gonna give you instead of this ten thousand I'm gonna give you a hundred dollars see what you do with that see all these things that that's what happens when you when you walk in in reality that's why I say you don't dismiss reality so getting back to what I'm saying. God will give you a directive. God will give you insight. That means revelation. Why is it revelation? Because it's coming through your spirit. Now, once he does this, then you need to seek him for the strength, the guidance, the wisdom, everything in order to fulfill it. You quit your job the next day, then you wonder why you won't have enough. Why? God, you told me to do it. Yeah, I told you to do this. This was your preparation period. I had it planned for you to leave your job at about, at about uh, a year and a half from now. 
But you chose to leave it now because you did not come and consult me, spend time with me, seek me. Because, see, I knew you weren't ready, but I had planted the seed inside of you so that seed can begin to grow. See, oh, did I just go somewhere? That's all spiritual principles, people. But we're so caught up in our flesh, that's why you have to learn how to get up out of your emotions, your thoughts, your fears. You got to get, you got to learn how to, yes, it's necessary and needful for God gave them to you, but they need to be subjected to your spirit. Those who follow the Lord must be brought to the place of no confidence in the flesh. They must confess that they can originate no good idea and must admit they possess no power to fulfill the Holy Spirit's work. All thought, cleverness, knowledge, talent, and gifts, which the world superstitiously worships, must be set aside in order to trust the Lord wholly. I'm going to reread that. Those who follow the Lord must be brought to the place of no confidence in the flesh. Must be brought... You, again, it's unnatural for you to walk after the Lord in the spirit because it's, it's, the flesh is independent and wants to be independent. So, you need to be independent. Give me, give me. I need something I want to throw at you, not this pen because I'm going to need the pen after this. Anyway, you know what? I'm not dealing with you right now because you're going to pull me out of the spirit. Anyway, those who follow the Lord must be brought to the place of no confidence in the flesh. Now, what does he mean by brought to the place? Again, because of the nature of the flesh, we're not going to leave ourselves easily. We're going to want to rely on us because that's natural. So we must be brought to the place. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He breaks you. You get in situations where you can't handle it. You're over your head. Or you looked, or look, you walked out, you looked at everything you had to do the job, and you got out in the middle of it and found out it ain't nowhere near enough. Now you're stuck. They must confess they can originate no good idea and must admit they possess no power to fulfill the Holy Spirit's work. Fulfill the Holy Spirit's work. You might have started it out, but you can't finish it. And God is saying, well, yeah, I was really waiting for you to get to the end of yourself because you weren't really connected to me like you needed to be. But see, the thing about a lot of times, to be honest with you, we don't understand that. Let let me be real. Because we think we're walking after God, but we don't understand because we're not broken enough. So a lot of times, to be very honest with you, it's really God letting us see the reality. Hey, so yeah, we will walk out and do things thinking that we are walking in of God. And to agree, what do we talk about that mingling aspect? You are, but you don't know it. It's not until you are really in over your head, you are underneath the water, and you saying, "Lord, I'm drowning. I, I give. I, I can't. I can't breathe water." But it's from that place 
where the Lord really begins to work because now you are positioned and you you recognize that you can't. You admit it. You confess it. You cry it out. And then he, being God, says, thank you. I needed you to get to that place. Now I can begin to show you what is of you and what is of me because before you had it mixed up. So that's why he has you starting these conferences with everything falling apart. That's why he has you going in these businesses where you don't know what you're doing. That's why he has you start walking in these paths where you're like, really, Lord, I don't know? Because he's training you. He's growing you up. He's grooming you to seek him. Because, see, you know what? Let me tell you. Some of you all don't know how to pray until you until you ain't got nothing else but prayer. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Ah, let me tell you, when you when you ain't got nothing else but prayer. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus, you talking about an introductory course to prayer? Mm, mm, mm. Mm, I look. I can't even say nothing but that. But, ooh, Jesus. Mm. Like Lisa said, to keep from choking somebody, she found herself speaking in tongues. That's the first time she's like, I'm speaking in tongues. Because her flesh was so much at a point, but she knew she had to say something to keep herself, and the Holy Spirit jumped out of it in that holy language. And she said, that is me doing it. See, I'm telling people, these training courses, again, that's why I say this is grass stuff we're talking about here. These training courses, this ain't easy. But did Jesus say it was going to be easy? Did he say the road was going to be small? The road is wide. The gates are wide to hell and death and destruction. But going and walking that righteous, that spiritual walk. Oh, it's a slim road, people. (sighs) Now look at this again. These are things from the flesh. All thought, cleverness, knowledge talent, and gift, which the world superstitiously worships. Come on now. Idolize, American Idol. Come on now. All these, man, if I could do that, man, if I could shoot that ball or run this, man, 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 we worship that. Let's be real. Man, I could have them pipes. I could see that. We Let's be real. And again, he's not saying these things are wrong. He uses music to glorify him. But these things need to be subjected to him. And that's where the world misses. See, the world idolizes these things. They put these things at the same level above God. They do. Mm-mm-mm. All thought, cleverness, knowledge, talent, and gift, which the world superstitiously worships, must be set aside in order to enable one to trust the Lord, trust the Lord holy. The Lord's people should persistently, you know, we want to take that one word out there right now. <laughs> Come on now. Because <laughs> we want to do it at Blue Moon, at 9 in. <laughs> the Lord's people should persistently Acknowledge their own unworthiness and incompetency. Ooh, I'm unworthy and I'm incompetent. 
That flesh again, we ain't going to want to do that. No, 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 no. Again, it's, again, if we can get an understanding of the nature, that's why he's breaking this thing down. Your spirit has a nature. Your soul has a nature. Your flesh has a nature. That means that's the natural way that it's going to act or react. I was playing with my cat. Playing, she bit my foot. She didn't bite it hard, but that's her, that's her nature. Playing, she scratches. That's her nature. So they are, So in other words, what he's trying to get you to understand, your flesh has a tendency to do this because it's flesh. Your soul has a tendency to, to be independent because it's soul. That's how it's comprised. So your spirit has its own nature, and its nature is to seek God. So we can understand, again, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm harping that to walk after God is unnatural. It takes work because you have to override your soul. You have to override your, 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 your flesh. And that's going to require energy exertion. So now, why do you say we wrestle against flesh and blood? You ever been in a wrestling match with your spirit and you wonder why you feel so tired and drained? You go like, well, I, just, I was just praying. I was just doing this. I was thinking about that. And you're drained. Because you're overriding what's natural, and you have to, it takes work. I got to get up off that couch to do, do what needs to be done. I got to study when I want to go out and play. I got to go to work when I can sit down here and watch the games. All of that... It's because, I mean, I got to override something that I want to do, which be more pleasurable or more relaxed or whatever it is, but override that to do what I know is necessary, what is needful. It doesn't come easy. The Lord's people should persist in acknowledge their own unworthiness and incompetency. They dare not initiate anything before receiving God's order nor attempt to execute God's command and self-reliance. So why did he tell you to stand and stand there for? Why did Lisa say, hold your position? And see, I praise God for the learning that goes on this line because we should be at a point to recognize that when God tells you to hold your position, does not mean that you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, looking on TV, Nine times out of ten, if you are walking in a God-ordained path, when he tells you to hold your position, there's still a lot of stuff you can do. Now you can go reorganize, clean up, get things in proper order. Because, see, walking, let me say things that I've learned in my journey, and I'll label it like that. I've learned that he will have me leave something to go do something else, and I didn't totally finish that. Then I'll go for over here to go do totally something to that. So now when I'm holding my position, I can go back to that which you had me left, which is 75% done, and finish and fine-tune those things. Put them in a better order. Then I can leave from over there to go over here, because he still hasn't given me the command for new direction. I'm fine-tuning, putting those old things in, in order. Then when he gives a new direction, I got my house in order as I was fine-tuning because I wasn't just sitting around Facebook, at work, and this, that, and other. Actually, so again, holding your position does not necessarily 
task. 
To live by the Spirit, we must move in accordance with the delicate sense of his intuition. In other words, intuition in the spirit realm of our our spirits, intuition, communion, and um, conscience. So the intuition is that I, you know, that I, I, I sense God, I sense him showing. And what did we say we just read about that? If you're not sure, go by and pray about it. So that delicate sense and the intuition depend on this enabling and comes the real task. So bottom line is this, what God tells you to do, what he shows you to do, he will give you what is needed. Whether it's strength, direction, wisdom, guidance, timing, he will give you whatever is needed and but you got to do what he tells you to do, and then let me tell you, the way he tells you to do it too. Again, the more you get grow up in the thing, oh, he fine tunes you. So I was talking about with Erica one of them times. I said, okay, Erica, you're at the point now. It's not that you just do it, but you got to do it in an excellence. I was talking about her leaving her job, but she, you got to do it in love. In other words, you can't tell him what you want to tell him. You can't act the way that you want to act because you know you're getting ready to get up out of there. You got to still be an example of excellence, even though you know you're prepared and you know that door is opening for you to get out. Because what do we know? What what do we want to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I'll stop working. I'll, stop, I'll slow down on doing this. I ain't got to do this because I know I ain't going to be here longer. I got two weeks. I got, you know, that's what we do. But that's not how God is directing her to do it. So, again, we have to learn how to do that, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. And he'll, he'll grow you up in all of these things. To live by the Spirit, we must move in accordance with the delicate sense of his intuition and depend on his enabling to accomplish the revealed task. Well, do we begin if we follow intuition instead of thought, opinion, feeling, or tendency? Well, do we begin... If we follow intuition instead of thought, instead of opinion, instead of feeling, instead of tendency. In other words, those natural, as as T.D. Jake says, proclivities, (laughs) those things that we would do that emanate or originate from us. We got to learn how to yield to intuition, which is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Well, do we end if we rely on the Spirit's power and not on our own talent, strength, or ability? So, again, now we know what to do. Now we got to seek the Holy Spirit to give us what to do, how to do it, when to do it, the power to do it. Again, you you might even have the skill set because God, perfect example, perfect example. I mean, it blessed me when Erica said about Andre that you not only have the skill set to be a doctor, but you have the gifting for healing. I said, praise the Lord. That See, that what that's telling me, that's the spiritual gift as well as the natural gift. And then that now God is going to begin to blend those two in. The, come on now, shut up. Go say that. that. That that blessed me. Perfect example. I got to go. I go to my cousin. He blessing today, I'm going to just say it like that, because he's got the natural gifting for artists, and he went to school, art school, and got all these thousands of dollars, and he ends up working in a factory. He's a little bit ticked, but he understands, I got to take care of myself, I got to find money, because I got to pay off these doggone loans that I got, if nothing else. 
So his natural gifting is that of artist, but it's not blending with what he's doing. So now he's beginning to step off to do some other things on his own. But I'm just giving you an example of how our natural talents uh, have us for one thing again, but they just have to always be in subjection to that which the Holy Spirit wants you to do. So he'll give you these talents, but then he's got to train you how to do them, how to walk in them. And now let me let me let me bless you with something real quick. A lot of that comes when God anoints you to do something. Stop yourself. You might not have the natural giftings, this, that, and the other, but when God anoints you, whoo, come on now. Now, he has spiritually imparted something inside of you, which he will begin to grow. Then you will have a, you'll begin to develop a desire or move in certain directions because this is emanating from the spirit. And that will begin to become cultivated and grow. And then you begin to perform it, but you're performing it from the spirit because you've got to train and teach you in that realm just as you had to learn it in the natural realm. I just wanted to give you that little nugget, and I'm going to keep reading. How about that? Well, do we begin if we follow intuition instead of thought, opinion, feeling, or tendency? Well, do we end if we rely on the Spirit's power and not on our talent, strength, or ability? Simply keep in mind that the moment we cease to follow our intuitive sense, at that very moment, we begin to walk after the flesh and end up minding the things of the flesh. This, in turn, injects death into the Spirit. Simply keep in mind the moment we cease to follow our intuitive sense, the moment I'm going to yield to my, what I think needs to be done, instead of seeking God and waiting and hearing from him about what needs to be done. The moment you do that, you start walking in the flesh. The moment we begin to walk out the flesh and end up minding the things of the flesh, at that moment, we're walking in the flesh. This, in turn, injects death into the spirit. And in other words, spirit says, okay, all right, you, that's what you want to do. Only if we walk not according to the flesh can we walk according to the spirit. The spirit and the flesh warp against each other, people. That's scripture. Now, what we're doing is we're breaking down not only where this war takes place, we're breaking down how this war takes place. We're giving understanding that the, the natures, of, the, the intricacies of the war that goes forth. So now, when you start hearing these voices, because see, now that you're being exposed to this, and you start hearing these voices, now you understand what they are. You ain't crazy. You don't need to go take no pill. You don't need to go see no counselor. God said, now I'm teaching this. I'm teaching this stuff for a reason. Because, see, you didn't understand before how much you were being led by your flesh. You thought you were being led by me, but that was your flesh. So now that I'm teaching you this stuff, I'm giving you the understanding of the different natures. And then now, you know what you can do, which I did? 
I'm just telling you this is one thing. I ask God to let me distinguish between the different voices so that way I, I can get clarity. Ask God to, to let one voice have a different sound or different name. Because so, if you don't have clarity, you don't know. So that way you won't begin to slip up thinking it is from God and it's from you. Oh, he'll do that. He's your mentor, people. He's, he's like, yeah, you're getting it. Yeah, you have a desire to know. Yeah, no problem. Why would he impede your progress? Why would he keep you from learning or drawing closer to him? Now, I'm just saying that's something that I did. Because of something happened in my life, all of a sudden I'm starting out hearing all this different this. Well, what the, what, what the? And then I think that was like somewhere, I forgot when it was. Uh, it was, it was might have been before Pigs of the Apollo. But I began to recognize, Lord, I need you to distinguish these different voices because I, 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 I'm just, I'm just, I got on overload all of a sudden. Because that was the point God began to expose me to, well, they've been talking to you all the time. Now, I'm going to just let you know now. Okay, I'm just starting to mess with stuff. Y'all don't want to hear that. Let me keep reading. Our aim is to be a spiritual man, but not a spirit. If we recognize this distinction, our lives should never be cut and dried. We today are human beings and shall so be eternally. Yet the highest achievement of a human being is to develop into a spiritual man. The angels are spirits. They have neither body nor soul, but we humans possess both. We are to be spiritual men and not spirits. The spiritual man should continue to retain his soul and body. Otherwise, he will reduce to being a spirit instead of a man. No, what is meant by being a spiritual man is that he is under control of the spirit, which has become the highest organ of his whole person. Let us not be mistaken on this point. A spiritual man retains his soul and his body. Being spiritual does not annihilate these organs nor their respective functions because they, these make man what he is. So although the spiritual man does not live by them, he certainly has not annihilated them either. They instead have been renewed through death and resurrection so that they are perfectly united to the spirit and have become instruments for his expression. Hence the emotion Mind, will, remain in the spiritual man, but are subject entirely to the guidance of intuition. So now, we go back to the, 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 the um, scriptures about Lazarus being dead and, and the rich man, the rich man in Lazarus' bosom. The rich man knew who Lazarus was because he still recognized his soul. He saw him. They both were dead. So we, 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 will, we are who we are, and we will remain that to eternity. But what happens is when we go to the other side, all the stuff that's, that, that, that's keeping us locked down and in confusion will be totally clear. You know, our, our dear friend who went home, I said, now she know more about what we're talking about than we do. Those obstacles that, that kept her locked in bondage and she was struggling, now that she's free, she said, oh, that's what it was? Oh, man. I could, you know, but it doesn't matter now. She's good. She's good. So our soulish, our flesh, I, 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 when I'm saying our flesh, I'm talking about our soul, those things that make us who we are. Now, this meat suit, that's a done deal. But our spirit, our spirit is the one that needs to be, that needs to be in control. The spiritual man that he's talking about is that spiritual man who's walking after the spirit, who's developing those spiritual gifts. Now, I just talked about being anointed for something. 
So when God puts that in your spirit and he begins to grow, that becomes who you are. I, I'm, I'm making, when I first started getting into this whole prayer thing line stuff, and I might have said it once before, but started finding out about anointing, and my, I started seeing things change, and I was talking to somebody like, you know, this ain't who I am. Well, yeah, actually it is, dude. I just didn't know it. And right now it's more who I am than who I was then. You know, I wanted to say, well, this is just something I had, because then I was like, oh, this is, it was something that I was doing and we was doing online, but this ain't who I, well, yeah, it is who I am. You know why? For one, I've been exercising. Now I do it more than I do. Mom, do I still have tendencies to do certain things? Yeah, don't worry about it. Leave it alone. But as my spiritual man is growing, as I'm walking more after the spirit, as God is growing me up, as the processes are occurring to grow me into the spiritual man that God has desired me to be, I'm leaving behind more of those fleshly things, and I'm putting under subjection more of those soulish things so that God can grow me into who he called me to be. So now that even gets into the pot and the clay. So now maybe in your natural life you've reached a point where you're a failure, or this didn't happen, or that didn't happen. Your life did not turn out how you needed it to be. Well, he's the potter, you're the clay. So if he chooses to smash you on the ground and remake you, again, he has to pull you out of you and he begins to plant these seeds inside of your spirit, then he'll grow you and take you into a whole other direction. So again, we ain't got no excuse. Except we choose to not do or not see or not seek. Bottom line, God, what is the saying? He's looking for a few good men and women who will say yes. Who are willing to do the work. Who will do it persistently. And if we do that, he will, because he's looking for people to help him fulfill his covenant. That's what it boils down to. And if you are willing to walk in that manner, then he will grow you up to become the man and woman he calls you to be. And that is our lesson for today. Questions, comments, criticisms, concerns. I don't know if our complaint department is open today or not, but. Well, I have a question. Oh, Lord, here she go. My question is real simple. You wait, hold on, wait, before you even utter out your mouth. When do you have a simple question? Today. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all heard that. Everybody take note, note this day, because we're not... Go ahead, dear. Could you please repeat those uh, things that the world uh, superstitiously worship, please? Now y'all hear the setup right. Okay. All thought, cleverness, knowledge, talent, and gift. I'll repeat that. All thought, cleverness, Knowledge, talent, and gift, which the world superstitiously worships, must be set aside in order to enable one to trust the Lord wholly. Okay. Hmm? 
Y'all, y'all, y'all hear this, she, 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 she delaying. That's all she do, because right now her feet, her feet kind of twitching too much, so she's in a, she, she can't hold it back. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand you. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm going to start getting my stuff ready to use, because I know you're about to take us somewhere. Go right no, ahead. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> not at the moment. But, I, you know, I'm go back to when you stated that the nature of the soul is independent mm-hmm. and that it naturally opposes God. So that mm-hmm. goes back to what you read or told us earlier, how the, the flesh is corrupt or the flesh mm-hmm. is, isn't that what it was? The flesh is corrupt. Flesh is corrupt. There's no good thing in the flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that hurt my feelings that day. Why's <laughs> <laughs> that, dear? Because that's that was that epiphany, the aha, like God, dog, it really. That's an aha moment. So it doesn't matter what I do or how hard I you know, work at it, there, you know, my flesh is corrupt. It's no, it, you know, it's not going to change. I can do all I can. So, in other words, you can try all your best to clean up, to look good, to be all this stuff, but in the eyes of God, right. not the world. Right. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Let me see if I got this right. And I, I ain't trying to be be on front of them, but in the eyes of God, you got this tailor-made suit, a homeless person who ain't had a bath in weeks. Right. It, it doesn't matter how I dress up or dress it up. doesn't matter what I put it in, what makeup I put on, or how I wear the hair. It's all, it's all null and void. Because these are things that I am trying to do. There is no surrendering at all to God. Oh. Everything oh. being done is what I am trying to do within my power. And Mm-mm. I have no power at all. Mm-mm. Well, you got power. You got soulish power. <laughs> mm. Mm. I mean, because you can do certain things. Mhm. 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 I'm gonna tell you. Um, me and my uh, lovely friend was having such a great discussion, and you know how he said something that just I had to write it down, and you know it just it made me think that, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And um, me, oh, man, I'm trying to, (laughs) and, you know, it was so funny because we were talking about him. Oh, boy, boy, you talking about when I stepped on his toe, he was not a happy camper. And he was the one who stepped on his own toe. I just 
Oh, you, you know. just wanted out to make sure that he, that he, you would, he that saw he what he out. was. Uh-huh. In Erica slash Aresia fashion with your slick mouth. No, self. actually, this, yeah, that it was sort of like that. That's uh-huh. how they took it. But I'm going to say this. Um, we were just talking, and we were talking about how um, everyone, and it, it, it aligns spiritually as well, but we were talking about in the flesh how individuals seek this power and authority, and they don't realize that there is responsibility and accountability associated with power and authority. See, we want the power. We don't want the responsibility. We want the authority. We want to be able to do, to say who, to say what, to say when. But we don't want the accountability and the responsibility associated with it. We just want to be able to say and do however we please. And when there are negative uh, consequences associated with it, then we're mad because God's supposed to know me better than that. And he's supposed to know that I'm human and that I have these faults, that he was supposed to secure me from that. That's how we think. And so what he said to me, he said, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I said, ooh. That's just like saying hurt people hurt people. Because there is no absolute power that we have within self. As much as we want to say and think that we do. Because when you look at power and control, it's all the other things, you know, when it's um, inappropriate, all those other things come into play. Manipulation. Division, you know, it, it, so many other things and come into play. So you're talking about absolute power corrupts absolutely because it destroys. And it keeps chipping away until there's total destruction. And so is it when we continue and choose to walk in our own flesh, in our own will, and according to what you said about the nature of the soul is to be independent. Because the soul fighting for independence is the soul trying to obtain absolute power, which corrupts absolutely. Because once you're out of the auspices of God, you have to, you know, you are at the will of the world, and there is no safety in the world without God, without Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. Now, you might think because you have gotten away or we have gotten away with doing certain things that we can continue to walk this path because we all walk wounded. Everybody got a limp of some sort. Some of us more hobble more than others. But we all have, you know, bruises and scars from the, you know, from the world. But if we continue to allow the soul to be independent, to be, you know, independent and understanding that that natural thing that we have naturally opposes God, then, yes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And it happens over 
time. Well, since you started on this, because you wasn't taking us nowhere. I mean, you just make a question. But when you said that absolute power corrupts absolutely, and you were talking, and I started thinking about, well, one, another reason, because what happens is understanding that we're seeking is independent of God. Right. And we're walking in ourselves. But then that power that we want and that we desire, we will start to do what is necessary and needful to do such. So then what do we do? Because yet we are spiritual beings. Our spirits are dead to God, but alive to the world. So now those spirits, are now I'm talking about those governing spirits of principalities. I ain't talking about the little itty-bitty spirits. I'm about mm-hmm. those yes, who are our dominion and those type of things. You'll start yielding and opening yourselves to them. And that's a whole nother level of, of, of walking. And you say it happens over time. So now, that, I'm going to say that a lot of these gangsters who mafia like Capone, they were given spiritual authority. That's why they could govern and walk through mobs and this, that, and nothing, kill the way that they did. A lot of our politicians, people as a whole. A lot of our world leaders, they have yielded themselves to these powers. That's why they have all these private clubs and all these different things, because they're doing things in that nature that are bottom line. In the old days, they were openly worshiping Baal. There's enough now they're going behind doors and, and demonic sacrifice. Why do you think I got the Baal worshipers and the Illuminati? Come on now. So when you said that, that triggered that. That's a whole nother arena. <laughs> Oh, and, and the crazy thing about everything that you just said is because when we walk, you know, in the flesh, you know, with the uh, with the soul trying to, you know, uh, secure this independence, mm. because when we are, when we don't even realize that God is as omnipotent and omniscient. As he is, we don't know what we're availing ourselves to because guess what? We're still, because, see, when the soul is fighting for independence, we think it's all contained and it stops with us. Come on now. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing because if you believe in, in, in Jesus Christ, if you believe in God, you have to believe in Satan. And so you will um, avail yourself to something even without you realizing it. Here we go. Because you're talking to, you, you know, you also said. The opposite of sight and feeling is faith. And faith works both ways. What is it that you are seeing and what is it that you're feeling that you are uh, uh, navigating or availing yourself or aligning yourself with? 
I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. About all I got to say. Mm-hmm. You started it. I would say my bad, but, um, nah. Mm, yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, also, the reason I, I asked you to reiterate those things that uh, the world superstitiously worship, because it just reminds me of how we look at people, oh, they are so knowledgeable. Did you notice how talented or gifted this person is? And I just... I wonder where this is headed. Typically when I hear those type of things, like especially when it comes to the the self-righteousness aspect of it. Well, I'm a very intelligent person. I've acquired this and I've I've obtained that. Said, okay, we headed somewhere with this, you know, preamble to something, but let's see where we headed. Mm-hmm. Those type of preambles is an um is stated to attract intimidate or offend someone somewhere. Would you state that again, please? It is typically used to attract, offend someone somewhere. Mm. And I'm just trying, I'm, 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 and it's a bait. It's a baiting mechanism. Mm. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm. Attract, offend, or defend. I want to throw that in there. Because you're trying to get somebody to lure them in. Or you feel like, you know, you don't know who you're talking to, or I'm going to defend who I think I am or my position that I have. Or... Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and I'm even thinking about Mark, what he was talking about yesterday, but when, you know, he's trying to, I'm just mm-hmm. summing it up, not trying to prove a point, and you have to learn how to just leave that stuff alone. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm going on mute, girl. Mm-hmm. Because your gifting speak for itself. Now you're going to pull me off of mute. Now, why are you going to do that? Uh, you why are you going to mute? Come on now. Because wait a minute. See, now hold up. See, now, now you take me. You know, see, this is... Oh, Normally, when you have your giftings, and I even talked about being anointed by God, they normally start in the closet. In these areas, <laughs> a 
and you begin to just grow into that. So normally, and a lot of times, you're not even aware or or even trying to proclaim them. That's just something you do, but something you become a part of. And what is it? Your gift is going to make room for you in the presence of great men? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. So, so, so you not trying to present yourself mm-hmm. as who you are. And it's because a lot of times you're developing or finding out and walking in it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't have it's, to give a preamble. No. You don't have to do your own PR work. Oh, and wait a minute now. And we ain't going to talk about the anointing of God that has already made a way for you. We're going to, ooh, shut up, Baskara. We're going to leave that one alone because, see, if it's your gifting and it comes from the Spirit, that means it's something that God is designed for you to do. He's already set a path because the steps of the righteous men are ordered by the Lord. So your, your path is presented, so you just got to walk it out. No marketing necessary. Now, on the flip side, after you've been in it in a while, and this and another, you can still yield to the flesh. And fall, cause mm-hmm. at any moment in time, we can fall into this meat suit that we walk around mm-hmm. in. <laughs> you can do I'm this. I've accomplished just mm-hmm. as David did on the roof when he was walking and looking at what mm-hmm. he had accomplished. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm done. See, you started something. I'm just asking a question. I did ask a question. Mm-hmm. Well, nah, 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 nah. When you get in front of your people that you're going to talk to, you ask them a question. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're going to go on mute. Will, for real. Nine times out of ten, I probably will. <laughs> that, that motor scooter's got a scudder to go you going to start cussing the spirit like me now. <laughs> oh, he just got a shot under the shit that I want to shot. Bascara, if he don't stop, Bascara, I'm on you. <laughs> mm. Oh, Lord. That's funny. Mm-mm-mm. Well. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 well. I'm done. I don't know if anybody else got anything. I'm done. I ain't got no questions to ask. Okay. Ready then. Go up here and do my little juicy juice. Well, anybody else got anything? <laughs> Look, I know how to give you now. Nah. Well, I about to say you and Lisa now, because I said something about the conference. Lisa, get up. she she get to going, you get to quiet. So I know how to get you quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say nothing about the conference. Lord, let me tell you, you know what I'm going. <laughs> I'm so wrong, but I'm also right. <laughs> I get Scooby Dooish. Yeah. You want me to do what? I'm barely yeah. saying yeah because I'm look. Like, I recognize if I don't do it, I'm gonna be swallowed up by a fish. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, 
I don't. I'm not interested in being in the belly of a fish. Okay, <laughs> so I'm doing it, but am I? Am I? Nah, I'm being obedient. All right? <laughs> and Scooby doing the whole time. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, yes, yes. I feel you. I feel you. Who is this? Amen, light from wall. Mm-hmm. All righty. And Lisa, what is the, um, the focus of the conference again? Or what is it called? Woman, discover thyself. Oh, thank you so kindly. Oh, the complaint committee is on today. She's like, I should have been quiet. Doggone it, now he's going to say something. You're going to say something regardless. Well, yeah, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you could right. see my office now, you wouldn't know what to say. You said what? You could see my office right now. Mm, girl, please. You know, I'm the least one to talk about clutter. <laughs> well, I'm going to do this juice after that. We're going to do prayer requests. Start him in high school, like around 16. Oh it, it just dawned on me. That's car. Yes. That daughter, yeah. 
she? She's 18 months. Oh, no! She'll be 19 in a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Good You can go ahead and start with me. All righty. Father God, let me pray for my family. Rando go say she do go, rando go, rando go, rando go, rando go say she do go, mmm, arakan, rando go say she do go, sarako, boska, arakan, daka, hoska do go say she do go, rando go say she do go, sandra, skarako, mbaka, hora beshke do go, sandra, rando go say she do go, say she do go, rando go, sarako, daka, Hora she shared the Thank you, Father God. Rhonda, continue to move in her family. Rhonda, continue to reveal to her father. Rhonda, continue to speak to them, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word. For the anointing around it, go say in the covering. You go say that, say that God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You go say that, go say that God. For your grace and your mercy. You go say that, go say that God. Whom both get a God. That God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And I'm pray for you. Father God, you want me to pray for somebody else? I pray for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you have been putting a lot of thought into you, where you're at, what's going on, what's your desires, why. It's just a lot of thought. Situation and circumstance. You've been asking God to reveal to you what to do and how to do it. You've been beseeching the throne so he can 
Mm. Direct your steps. Mora in this kerala kumbos kerala kandas kerala kumbos kerala kasan randrugo the thing is you're doing all of this, but you want it the way that you want it. You're not wanting it the way that he's showing you. You want it to come forth in your manner, your time, and everything we just talked about. In the soul, that's how you picture it needs to be. And when it, he doesn't show you the way that you think it needs to be, you reject it and say it's not of God. Holy Spirit, and move her in the pathway that you want her to go forth in. Love on her, Father, and help her to yield to that which you need her to do, Lord. As you transition her into the position that you want her to be. Father God, let your word rise up inside of her. Oh, no, 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 no. Erica, you on? I am. You finish praying for Pam, please. Okay. Thank you. Koshara Make Kesheri 
I have a um a vision of you like mm, standing in a hallway that is not well lit, but it's just like a side corridor. Like if you see a um major hallway or fairway where it's very well lit, and then they have some side uh, hallways or corridors um, that lead somewhere. But I see you um, at the, in the corridor, but at the opening where it, um, the opening, at the end of the corridor where it opens up until the major fairway, so to speak, or the major highway that's very well lit. So it's like you desire or have chosen to come out of hiding or out of darkness, you're trying to determine or choose, you know, when you're going to step out into the light. It's almost like uh, comparable to crossing a major road. It's like you're trying to see if the traffic is clear for you to just walk out and, you know, to step out in the midst of it and start walking. So that is uh, to me is you still processing things. It's still like um, you've you've determined within your soul that this is what I must do. But for whatever reason, it could be uncertainty, still slight fear that you're just trying to determine which is the best moment to walk out into it because you want to walk at your pace as opposed to having to walk at the pace that is already set. Because you see the pace of uh, the movement within this major hallway or fairway. It's just that you're trying to find the clearance where you can walk at your pace and work your way up to the pace that's there. So you don't want to walk out in, I guess, in traffic and something will be immediately behind you. You want it to be clear enough for you to gain the momentum at your Choosing. Hold on. So um, the best thing to do is just to jump out there in it because you're going to have to get acclimated either way. 
You're not going to be able to go in there and set the tone. The tone has already been set. And so if you have to start out and you walk and you, you know, you start jumping and then you have to run, then your body, your mind, your spirit will become acclimated to the pace. So you're not going to be able to change it, and you're not really going to find that comfortable spot to where you're going to be able to get in it and walk slowly and then build up your momentum. You're going to have to get out there, and at some point in time, by the time you take third or fourth step, you're already going to be moving quicker than you intended or anticipated, but you will become acclimated to the course that God has already established for you. So it's really almost like um, allowing, trusting God that you will be able to keep up as opposed to doubting the fact that you will be able to keep up and you, you know, have, you're fearful. Just step in it and know that God will strengthen you to endure and your momentum will be you know, um, establish as you jump in it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 I want to add, um, book of us, Father God, share a comboco, yarakosi, did it a comboco, or there a cosi, did it a combaka. In three weeks' time, the exact things that she was talking about will manifest. In three weeks' time, the changes, the restructuring will manifest. In three weeks' time, thank you, Father God, for giving her the clarity and the understanding that is needful so she can move at the pace that you desire her to move. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Well, you know who's next? Hey, we named that. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. Hello, Mary. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? I'm all right. I won't complain. Don't help now. I don't think it does. Just help open up the ears of the devil to know how to get to you. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I heard the reading, and the only thing I can do is say amen and chuckle a little bit because that's the same thing I was talking to you about on Tuesday. But also, um, I don't know if you remember the show, Malcolm in the Middle, and their their theme song was You're Not the Boss of Me. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, so just think about it. Our flesh is sitting up there singing that theme song to us every time we, you know, as every time we wake up. <laughs> well, 
Hello? Hello? Not here? Hello? I'm here. Oh, hi. Hey. 
I don't know what that means, you know. I don't know if we on hold. I'm I don't I'm I'm lost. <laughs> I just uh, I just clicked back over. I didn't realize I still had the line on hold. And I've been on the other other line for forty minutes. I thought I hung up. What's going on with you, lady? Oh, nothing much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, know, you know that song is going down for real. It's going down yeah. for real. <laughs> Girl, it's going down. The enemy is like, didn't I tell you that A, you were supposed to be a statistic? Okay, so you're not that. And then it's supposed to go down like this. Nope, that didn't work. Didn't I tell you to sit down and shut up and the world will never know who you are? Because you're not a statistic like I said you were supposed to be? Oh, okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So, girl, somebody took my car keys from the gym last night. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm driving down yet my friend's car. And I and your so keys? Yep, right out the cup of the bike station. Mhm. And there's only one. Only ever had one. So, um, no, he's not there. So, my car, I can't drive, and it's just sitting there. It cost three hundred dollars to get another key made. Wow. And I'm like, really? So somebody just took. Like you just don't take my key. Just take the key, huh? That's how we that's how we don't act. A C K act. Yes, that's how we don't act. Mm, so my car's still sitting there. My baby was sitting at the train station thirty minutes away waiting for me. Hmm. So I had to call somebody, call my friend, up out of her bed to go get her because it was getting dark. Mhm. Mhm. she was out there by herself, there was nobody else out there. And I was like, oh, okay, so you know that I don't have no money to get another key made. And you know I can't even make no money without my vehicle. Okay, so you're clowning. We're going for broke and dirty. Dig it. We getting down and dirty. All right, homie, because you mad because we, um, we got another date, another concert date. That's what I call a hmm. concert date. Yeah. You mad because this stuff about to pop off. Some of the people who were supposed to be some statistics. You mad? I got you, boo. You really about to be mad. I was just going to say, well, (laughs) get get accustomed to the feeling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all gravy, baby. Mm. I got you. I I, I hear you loud and clear. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it is a trip. Mm. It is a trip, but that's what life is. What the song said, life is but a dream. Hey, hey. What this thing is, it's all entertaining. Because mm. mm. when I say, you just have all the fun we can, because when it's over, it's over. Mm. So let's just yeah. get it. 
So this the tactic you're going to use to try to deter me. All right. I know, what? I did it, so you say so. Well, I can't get around. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you want my baby's homecoming to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're trying to mess. You're trying to get my back because, you know, you know, you love all your kids. But my oldest mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, that firstborn is something different about that firstborn. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But you know the old me, the old me. It's funny too because a couple of people are like, "Are you alright?" Because the old me would be on three thousand. <laughs> I know. Erica, the old me will be flipping out and cussing. Oh my God! I understand. I'm riding around in my girl's car eating some sunflower seeds that I'm not supposed to be eating because they make my ankles swell. I'm like, whatever. I'm riding around like, mm. and it, you know, everything. I had, hey, there's a lot going on right now, but I'm just not. I'm not going. I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. I need to see who all on it, who's who all still on here. I know it's kind of weird. Is it just me and you? Mm-hmm. Well, somebody else on here. I just don't know who. Who else is on here? Are you there? Hello. Identify yourself, please. No. Okay. I guess not. But I'm looking at it and it could just be a creeper. No, no, I'm just playing. Hey, you know how you can find out who's on here? <laughs> say that uh, say say that you're um that you know the winning lottery numbers. Baby. And you and and you're mm-hmm. gonna enter people's names and who is wrong to see who you're gonna get. See who you're gonna give the the number to. Hmm. <laughs> That'll bring them out the woodworks, won't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, lower. Yes, lower. Hmm. Yeah, I got see. Damn, see. Did, did I miss something? But then you know, people people may be on hold too because it would show that I'm on. But but I was actually on hold for like forty forty five minutes, so you know someone could possibly be on hold, and it's just showing that they're on. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out who that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I talk to you like over in a minute. I kind of make some phone calls.
Hello? It's just me and you, girl. Oh, wow. I thought I hung up. Well, maybe the call's over. Yeah, Pam hadn't responded to me, so maybe. But I thought I hung up. Oh. Well, I don't know. In that case, I will go... Continue to live my life. All right. If something changes, shoot me a text and let me know. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.